Welcome to the Business Scholarship Podcast, interdisciplinary conversations about new works in the broad world of business research. I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast or sharing with others who might like it too. And if you have ideas for future episodes, let me know. My email address is andrew at andrewkjennings.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Our guest today is Tom Lin, Jackie Feinberg Chair in Litigation and Professor of Law at Temple University. We'll be discussing his recent article, Artificial Intelligence, Finance, and the Law, which was recently published in the Fordham Law Review. I'll include a link to the article in the show notes for today's episode. Tom, welcome to the Business Scholarship Podcast. Andrew, thank you for having me. Tom, your article is about the future of the promise, some of the challenges of artificial intelligence in the financial world. You note, however, that this isn't something that is totally futuristic, that financial AI has already had an impact in the financial markets. And I wonder if we could start the conversation by touching on a couple of the impacts that AI has already had in the financial world. Are there things that it's done or that it's had an impact with that we haven't noticed if we weren't closely watching? Well, let me start by by saying that financial artificial intelligence has dramatically changed many aspects of the financial industry from trading, research, risk analysis, wealth management, investment banking, and a whole host of other areas. On the whole, I think it's really lowered the cost of capital for businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, it's made it easier for investors to invest in many ways, um, and it's made it easier for consumers to bank as well. And I think anyone with a smartphone, with a banking app, or with a brokerage app knows how much easier it is to execute these financial transactions today than in times past. In, in terms of things that we haven't noticed, I think there are large portions of the back office operations, you know, the inner plumbings of the financial industry that has already been transformed in many significant ways by artificial intelligence. Simply put, I think many previously human-dominated financial efforts um, have been eliminated, supplemented, or supplanted entirely by artificial intelligence um, on matters like processing trades, record-keeping, and compliance that we don't see on a day-to-day manner. So we might tend to think about financial AI as really leading us into a bright new future of more efficient markets, fairer markets, faster markets, uh, less expensive access to financial services and financial products. You note that we might be a little bit naive or overly optimistic in that regard about financial AI. Why might that be? And what, what are some of the risks that we may not be thinking about? Or what are some of the reasons why the future of financial AI may not be as rosy as we'd imagine it being? That's a great question. I'm not sure if we're necessarily overly optimistic, because I think some of the potential and the promise of financial AI are beyond our current imagination. But I do think frequently we're naive about many aspects of financial AI, in part because it works so well and it's so convenient and it's so cheap and it seems like magic in so many regards. Think about being able to manage your retirement from your phone at incredibly low cost today because of financial AI. The good of financial AI in many ways is so bright and so beneficial that they frequently obscure or blind us to some of the risks. I think there are more particular risk that one should be mindful of when dealing and thinking about financial artificial intelligence. One being, you know, there are certain limitations to coding. There are some things that you simply cannot code and model. Two is that the data underlying 
many of these artificial intelligence systems could have biases built into them. Three is there are serious threats when it comes to cyber that these financial artificial intelligence systems are particularly vulnerable to. And fourth, I think they present potential implications for systemic risk on the financial system writ large. So I think those are all big caution uh, signs for us to, to think about and like to maybe take them one by one. So I, I think one topic that is definitely on the minds of scholars and policymakers is the data that underlie a lot of financial AI and a lot of financial models and the potential for them to be quite innovative, but also to introduce uh, discrimination or bias uh, within the financial services industry and financial products. What consequences have we seen there? Have there already been problems on that front? What are we likely to see going forward if we sort of stay on the steady path? And I wonder if there are ways to overcome some of the effects of bias that might be present in, in training data or, or other data and or other approaches for mitigating this problem if we want to get off the, the steady path. Yes, so you touch on a number of things, um, and let me try to unpack that a little bit. Taking a step back, I think, most artificial intelligence programs initially need large quantities of data to teach the programs to recognize certain patterns and make certain predictions. At its best, artificial intelligence can help us uncover valuable new insights and observations from troves of big data that otherwise would be impractical or impossible to do without its awesome processing powers. Having said that, on the flip side, at its worst, artificial intelligence can exacerbate misguided old practices and aggravate past social harms with its impressive processing powers, um, masking beneath that under a veneer of sort of novel objectivity incredible technology presents. So that we're not talking so abstractly. Let me give you a fairly crude example. So if one obtusely inputs white-collar demographic labor data from, say, the 1940s to the 1970s into an AI system to predict what demographics of individuals would be most successful as applicants for certain white-collar professions, the AI would likely suggest you know, white males of a certain age. Now, this is not because the AI system or the code is intentionally pernicious or malicious. Rather, it's because the underlying data is reflective of certain harmful discriminatory practices and customs of a bygone era. And so if we're not mindful of what is embedded in the data, and we simply take the AI and its predictions and its projections um, without any thought, we could potentially be perpetuating some bad practices into the future. And you, you mentioned, you know, what are some things we could do in the near term to mitigate these harmful downstream effects? I think as a preliminary matter, understanding the context of financial data is critical to mitigating potential risk of harmful implications when it comes to artificial intelligence. Understanding the historical context of data and thoughtfully applying it is a crucial sort of first step towards mitigation. Because to input data without properly understanding its context lead to some serious discriminatory consequences that on its face we would otherwise not want to promote or perpetuate. This is particularly true, I think, when it comes to the financial industry. Given the long history of discriminatory practices in the financial industry, I think adopters of financial artificial intelligence programs um, must be particularly mindful of the historical context of the data that they're inputting into their system so that we don't bring forth past biases and discriminatory practices into the present and 
onward into the future. So we, we run the risk of not only perpetuating past uh, and, and present biases, but also, unfortunately, adding a veneer of objectivity to them, which makes it harder to scrutinize what their results are, even if their results are, are discriminatory. That's right, because, you know, if it's individual or a group of individuals making the decision, one could readily argue that individual or that group of individual is engaged in certain discriminatory practices. But when it's a machine built on lines of code and troves of data, frequently, I think many people find it difficult to say that that machine is biased or that machine is discriminating against them. So that's one of the risks, and that's probably one of the most prominent risks. But another you note in the article is the competition or antitrust concern, consumer welfare concerns that might flow from that. You note that to really use financial AI, you need a lot of data to train the AI. Folks who have the the data are incumbents, and folks who don't have the data are necessarily folks who are kind of the, the startups. What might we see there, and what are some of the risks there and, and ways to mitigate that to avoid exacerbating market concentration or further entrenching incumbents in the space? As you correctly noted, I think the, because the technology and data underlying much of financial artificial intelligence requires significant investments, it really favors the data-rich and the platform-dominant players in the field. So there's legitimate concern that early movers and better resource institutions could and would acquire durable competitive advantages that ultimately stifle innovation, eliminate meaningful competition, and harm consumers. It's not difficult, I think, for us to foresee or imagine a financial firm acquiring and leveraging superior data in terms of quality and quantity, as well as concentrated network effects on its own platform to build an economic moat to shield itself from competition in the same manner as more traditional technology-oriented companies have done in recent decades. It's similar to the current concerns relating to the dominant positions of Google, Amazon, and Facebook in their respective technological spaces concerning search, online commerce, and social media. I think there's good reason to believe that some large dominant financial institutions may warrant similar scrutiny with the rise of financial artificial intelligence in the coming years. You mentioned at the top, in, in terms of some of the risks that financial AI presents, the, the risk of systemic risk, which is a, a term that we are accustomed to and we, we see uh, in a number of contexts, particularly in the, the financial space, and also the risk of financial accidents, which I, I hadn't encountered that term before and I, I thought it was a pretty intriguing uh, term. Could you maybe discuss a little bit how AI can contribute to systemic risk and financial accidents and, and maybe elaborate a little bit on what financial accidents are and how they they're different from systemic risk? Sure. So I think you know, wider adoption of financial AI could amplify certain systemic risks, in particular, systemic risks relating to size, speed, and linkage. And so first, in terms of size, you know, there exists a pretty well-known systemic risk of too big to fail. As financial AI proliferates, I think institutions that are critical to the system because of their large data holdings or significant AI platforms could also become too important to the system to fail or falter. So in the future, I think too big to fail may not only mean the size of a financial institution's balance sheet, but also the size of its databases and its platforms. Second, in terms of speed, financial AI could also lead to 
a systemic risk that I've termed in the past as too fast to save, whereby disruptions, bad acts, and other events could destabilize the entire financial system before any corrective or preventative measures could be taken. This is particularly troubling during times of volatility and distress and confusion, where high-speed AI systems running on their own can sow greater volatility by rapidly increasing or decreasing liquidity during a particularly distressed period. And then lastly, I think in terms of interconnectivity and linkages, financial AI could also exacerbate systemic risk of too linked to fail, whereby actions, errors, and other failings from one institution or a small number of institutions could trigger destabilizing ripple effects through the financial system because these firms are so interconnected and they operate on interdependent systems. So the efficiency and speed of financial AI is a feature, but uh, it also could be a bug in that you can uh, get off the rails pretty quickly if you have a more efficient system and less margin for error and flipping things switched there. I wonder if you could kind of give a summary. We've talked about some of the risks of financial AI, but what are some of the challenges that are really presented going forward by financial AI And are those challenges more of a technical nature? Uh, Is it a matter of we need better coding, better analytics, better uh, understanding of how to manipulate the data to get the right results? Are they regulatory in nature? Are we just really missing the right regulation from our our banking supervisors, from the SEC, from others in, in terms of financial AI? Or is it really more of a private ordering challenge? Or is it a mix of all three of those or a combination of those that we're confronting? I think it's a combination of all these factors. Previously, you alluded to financial AI leading to financial accidents. And so there's this notion that complex technological systems invariably have glitches and breakdown. And if you think about the modern financial system, it's really a complex technological system. And when you introduce more AI into that system, and you introduce advanced technologies like AI into that system, um, chances are it's going to grow more complex and there are going to be more opportunities for glitches and breakdowns. Now, there is probably no way to prevent perfectly any sort of malfeasance or glitches from occurring in such a complex system. Um, But there are things we could do from a technical, from a regulatory, uh, private ordering perspective that could help reduce the risk and mitigate any potential consequences. I think to start as a principle, I think as finance continues to adopt technologies like AI, what frequently happens is folks sometimes lose sight of the fact that finance at its core, behind and beyond all the high-tech gadgets, complex codes, and seeds of data, is driven by real people and real social purposes. I think frequently in discussing matters of finance, scholars, regulators, and policymakers forget that people and communities are at the heart of finance and markets. Um, People create supply and demand. People move markets. It's flesh and blood people who need finance and financing for endeavors like education, homes, healthcare, investments, and other life and social pursuits. Because finance at its heart behind and beyond all the machinery and all the high-tech gadgetry is really a tool of social utility. It would lose much of its meaning without the context of people and society. And so how we go about mitigating the risk, how we go about trying to control for some of the deleterious consequences of financial AI and other 
financial technologies like it to try to keep in focus the social beneficial purposes behind finance. But I think fundamentally, you know, once we have that principle as a guiding North Star, fundamentally what makes it difficult to regulate and act in this space is that the technology is changing in a very, very rapid pace, while the politics of regulation moves incredibly slow. And so this mismatch in speed and urgency makes acting in this area particularly complicated and difficult. I think that's a good point that financial services is ultimately a means to to social ends and shouldn't be uh, the tail that wags the dog. In terms of tackling some of these challenges or, or tackling some of these risks, what players or institutions do you see as having the best potential of serving in a coordinating or a leading role or that might have the best claim to a role like that? I think large um, financial institutions like J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, working in conjunction and in coordination with one another and domestic and international regulators um, are probably best positioned to try to tackle some of these large systemic challenges. Not necessarily because they are the biggest institutions, but because they have the widest reach in some respects and they have the most at stake. Tom, what key takeaways would you like listeners or readers of this paper to take from the article? Uh, or what open questions do you see that you might want to tackle in, in future works? A couple of things. One, I think, is for us to realize that we can both appreciate the incredible potential of financial artificial intelligence and yet be more mindful of the potential risk and implications that it could present for law, business, and society. Two, I think, one of the most critical challenges for executives, policymakers, and regulators in the years ahead really centers on how best to update a 20th century financial system to account for 21st century advances like financial artificial intelligence without losing focus on the human-oriented missions of finance and democratic human values that we care about, like fairness, accountability, equality, and transparency. And lastly, I think it's important to note one of the most daunting and consequential endeavors for working in this space, be it executives, policymakers, researchers, and other stakeholders going forward, is to figure out ways to create better and smarter financial artificial intelligence. One that is ultimately less artificial, more intelligent, more humane, and more human. Our guest today has been Tom Lin, Jackie Feinberg Chair in Litigation and Professor of Law at Temple University. We've discussed his recent article, Artificial Intelligence, Finance, and Law, which was published in the Fordham Law Review. I'll include a link to the article in the show notes for today's episode. Tom, thank you for joining the Business Scholarship Podcast. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Scholarship Podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to the podcast or leaving a rating on your favorite podcast app, or let other people know about it too. If you have suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. My email address is andrew at andrewkjennings.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. Andrew Jennings.